Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Hi, folks. I'm Tim Harvey. And I'm Dustin. And this is Zompocalypse Now. And this show, of course, for those of you who might be tuning in for the very first time, welcome. But here we talk about things undead like the Walking Dead universe. We've talked about vampires and and horror films, but we talk a lot about the Walking Dead universe. And for this episode, as we have been doing for the last several weeks, we are talking about Fear of the Walking Dead. Right. Because that's the one that's on. That's the one that's odd. And this episode, you're still here. Mm. It is the 11th episode of the season. And it's sponsored by depression. And I just don't know how I feel about this episode. I feel also that. I There's a lot of things that happened in this episode that I was not happy about. Right. Yes. This so. was, there were, I just, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like, where do we start with this one? Mm, let's start, let's start easy. Okay. okay, let's just start at the beginning. Let's talk talk about Alicia and Strand and Rando Dude. Uh, Wes, Wes the Rando Dude? Yes, Wes the Rando Dude. Okay. So Alicia is off on her vision quest and Strand is there to protect her because for some reason on these shows, when somebody says, I've decided to give up killing, they also include the dead in that, which I have not. I didn't understand it when Carol did it. I didn't understand it when Morgan did it. I don't understand it now that Alicia is doing it. No, it doesn't make a lick of sense. It's, it's... Because it's, the dead are not alive. The dead aren't alive. Have we mentioned that? I think we all know that. The dead people aren't alive. <laughs> that right? would be um, a fairly logical conclusion to make. And if you just stand there and stare at them as they come wandering up to you, they're going to eat you? Yeah. Right? Yeah. We know mm-hmm. that, too? Yeah, that seems, that seems to be a recurring theme in this very show. You know, so I don't understand, like, yes, I'm having a problem with the taking of lives. So I'm not even going to kill the monsters that eat people. And right. I I somewhat, I kind of almost get it with uh, the fact that, you know, Alicia killed a, a walker that was, in you know, infected with radiation. And that was a very scary thing. For her, I almost kind of get that kind of gun shyness. Mm -hmm. But, you know, this whole, I was becoming too good at killing, and so I decided to completely stop, does not float with me. No. The the, the real curious thing that happens here is that while the idea of I'm not willing to take a life um, is is a... a noble thing. It's it's a laudable thing. 
but you're right. They're not alive. They're dead. They are not going, you're not going to be able to sit there and say, by not killing them, I have done a good thing today. Yes. They are, they are a mindless threat. They are right. not, they, they do not have any motivation in terms of good or bad. They're not evil. They're just a threat that if you don't fight them, you're going to die. Right. And like I've said before, if it were me, like I would be writing that, that it would be like if every time you see one, you kill it. Even if it's far off in a field, let's go kill that one. Mm-hmm. Because the less walkers there are, the better we all are off. Right. Because eventually, eventually, and we talk, we've talked about the math of this uh, at various points on the Walking Dead show. Yeah. When we talk about it. Um, you know, eventually you will run out of dead people. Yeah. It's going to take a while. True. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, the scene where she's, you know, lost in thought and, and walkers materialize out of thin air as walkers mm-hmm. are wont to do. And she just sits there and lets the thing just come at her. And I'm like... Although I will say that the first one, the one that was stuck in the ivy... Yeah. I kind of... I was kind of into that, actually. Because it had, it had, I guess, been standing there long enough for for trees to grow around, ivy or something to grow around it. And so when it came at her, it it started breaking apart and just kind of like the arm fell off and then the, the torso fell off Mm -hmm. and then the jaw fell off. And she just kind of stood there and watched it fall apart. And like I said, I was kind of into that. Like I was, I thought that was a really cool thing to have happen. Yeah. It was was a great effect. And you know, people, people tend to forget that things like Ivy are actually like super invasive, destructive species of plants. Right. Um, but yeah, and apparently, you know, good to fight the dead with. Yeah. <laughs> so Strand saves her from three or four walkers while she's staring there looking at a painted tree. And then uh, what's Madoodle? Rando Wes. guy, Wes. Wes the bicycle guy. On or the motorcycle guy. He yeah, okay. Uh, calls on um, Channel 4, which is their channel. And he's like, I need your help. And, you know, he gets there and they're like, you, you know, because of you, my, my bike was destroyed and I need to get back to my brother. And he's at this police station and they're like, oh, okay, well, let's go. Let's do it. Let's be helpful. And like get him to the police station. And as they're standing outside, there's all of a sudden all this shooting and this random dude runs out and Wes comes out after him shooting at him. And wings him, gets him in the in the in the meat in the side meats, <laughs> and uh, and Strand and Alicia are like, um, guessing that's not your brother. <laughs> and and Wes is like, yeah, he stole something from me. And they're all like, well, now you've shot. Now we've got to go help him. And there's this whole conversation about why you help, why you're doing it, and blah, 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 blah. But the shooting, but that happens later because the shooting made walkers come up and they're all kind of get stuck in the, uh, in the police station together. And by the way, we should mention this police station is in the middle of nowhere. Yes, of course. Like all things are. Not only is it in the middle of, the no- of nowhere, but it is still fully stocked with guns and ammo and... All the things you need 
to be a police station. It's clearly the same community that has the mall in it because it's right. untouched by the post-apocalyptic world. Right. Which makes no sense, by the way. Let's just say that, you know, no. This <laughs> this makes as little sense as having a mall that has been completely untouched by the outside world. Right. And But, you know, they do their whole thing where they just like, you know... Alicia doesn't want to kill anything and Strand tries to help her, but he's been, been tear gassed. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about that for a second. Oh boy. Um, that was great. Yeah. So the, they, there's police cars around and then of course they've got weapons in them because you know, they just do. Mm-hmm. And one of them is a, is a, is a shotgun. This is a resident evil game. <laughs> Apparently. And it turns out to have, tear gas canisters in it, um, which I'm sure that people just, you know, police officers drive around with tear gas canisters just loaded into weapons all the time. That's yeah, very safe. Um, and of course, you know, useful against the dead, even if, you know, they were planning on doing some sort of, you know, I don't know, fighting the dead. Um, instead of just disappearing off the face of the planet like everybody in this part of the world seems to have done. And Strand basically tear gases himself. <laughs> It's amazing. Because he shoots a walker with the tear gas, and it, of course it doesn't die because it's just tear gas. And so he has to, like, run up to it and stab it to kill it. And, you know, it's right by the tear gas. And so he's yeah. much, you know, shot filled up with tear gas. And then uh, risks his life unnecessarily to grab the gun barrel night thing that Alicia has been using and now Strand is using because, of course, she can't bring herself to kill anything, um, which, you know, I would have left outside, personally. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that I could have found a pointy thing inside the building to do my pointy stabbing work. Um, and that is not a good melee weapon. Let's just be real. <laughs> like, I know that they've they've got it set up as like with a grip and but that is just why is that the weapon of choice? Why are we doing that? I don't know. It looks cool, I think they think. Yeah. Anyway. So there's a lot of hemming and hawing about, you know, should we we need to get out of here so we can go and save that dude that's been shot and Wes doesn't want to help, but then he helps anyway. And, and Alicia calls uh, Morgan and Al who are, uh, who are off at a bank hiding the tapes. Right. Because, someday people are going to, even if they die, somebody's going to eventually someday find these tapes. In a bank vault, (laughs) in the middle of nowhere, locked inside a bank vault. Did I mention it's it's locked inside a bank vault? Well, I mean, think about, I mean, okay, yeah. Think about it like this, Tim. I kind of almost got it because, you know, we've just, you know, we discovered Mayan ruins and, you know, and discovered their pottery and all of their, you know, stuff and and saw and, and did. And we're like, oh, now we know how the Mayans live, even though the Mayans have been dead on this continent since before Magellan. Except the Mayans, as far as we know, because they wouldn't have survived, did not leave behind tape cassettes. Or things that I don't care how much climate control you do on a, on a magnetic tape 
They only eventually these things rot. Mm. So I mean, it's it's a it's a nice idea. I don't know. I mean, it just it seems like an excuse for them to have a bank vault scene. Yeah. Um, well, you know, and and the way that it works out in the end is. Oh yeah. We can talk about that in a minute. Yeah, we can. So, so Morgan and Alicia, or Alicia has no choice but to say where she is because on, on an open channel. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they are in serious trouble and need help right away and can't use codes. And so that, uh, that alerts uh, Logan to their, their, air, their place and, and he gets in the way. Because wherever he is, it's clearly close enough that they can mobilize to go and become a barrier. Because, again, we have no sense of where anything is. Yeah. Although they did say, you know, I think they're still in Texas because uh, Logan did say, you know, you leave these signs between here and El Paso. Right. But, I mean, Texas, again, is a fairly large place. Right. You know, and and honestly, if it if they can mobilize and build a you know find a place to block these guys off that quickly, uh, why on earth have Morgan and company and Alicia and Strand not found out where they are? Right. I'm very conf- I'm very confused by because well, everybody's. I think everybody is wandering around. Nobody has like a like a a set base. Which makes. No sense. No, of course not. Of course not. Again, because here Morgan Morgan and Alicia, or no, Alicia and Strand discover a heavily fortified police station mm-hmm. with resources. Mm-hmm. And where do they, what do they do at the end? They leave it. We're not, you know, we're not going to ever come back to this perfectly safe place ever again. Why would you? Why would you? Why would you? Why would you do that? Yeah, I mean, clearly that it wouldn't make any sense whatsoever. Or tell any of our guys about this perfectly safe place or anything. Or go back and like take all the guns out or whatever. No, of course not. No. (sighs) So anyway, uh, Morgan and Logan have this really tense standoff where Logan like taunts him with his family, and and then Morgan is like, "This is one of those, you know." Like, you should never do this in a show because it alerts your audience to the fact that you don't even know what you're planning. Because Morgan straight up asks, like, why do you need the gas? What do you need the gas for? And and Logan is just like, well, I couldn't tell you. (laughs) It's similar. It's similar but different to what you're doing. We're on opposite sides of the same coin, you and I. We're not so different. We have we have the same goals but different means. The means to the end or the means to the end. And it's just like, sh- shut up, Logan. Yeah, he says something along the lines of, we're going to help people but not in a way that you'll like. Which I'm trying to figure out what that, what would, what would that entail? I mean, how would that even work? Yeah. What are we talking about here? Yeah. Cryptic, cryptic villain is cryptic. Right. Oh, and by the way, we also have to mention that at one point, um, well, no, at two points, we've had, we've had, um, and I think it's the same lady 
the black lady who yeah. uh, is uh, who threatened him, threatened Logan in an earlier episode, basically saying, "If we don't find this thing, we're going to kill you." Right here, though, no question about you know who who's, who's in, in charge. charge. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, he said, and of course, we can't we can't go on what he said at the mid-season finale because we've never got that piece of information, that missing episode that's in here. Right. Um, where he said that they'll kill me if I don't give, you know, if I don't find this. And I'm just so confused about the power dynamic here or what is actually going on with this group of people. Right. So anyway, yeah, I just, so many things just don't make a lick of sense. It's just it's like, okay. And, is is there a is there a timeline? Is there a plot? Are are there are you just stringing together a series of events and hoping that something makes sense as we go along? That's right. Kind of what anyway. It's kind of what it's feeling like right now. Yes. Nobody knows. No, I don't feel. I feel like the writers set up this really cool idea of we're going to go around helping people. But then they're like, well, we've got to have some kind of antagonist because humans are the real monsters. And, and everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just have, like, let's have a dude who, like, wants to stop them. And they're like, oh, awesome. Why does he want to stop them? And they were like, shut up, Tim. <laughs> Go away. We'll figure that out later. Well, and, and you know, Logan actually has a ready-made answer. Mm-hmm. What do you want the gas for? Oh, my big trucks! I, I got to drive around. What else do you need gas for? I mean, you know, and quite frankly, you know, he could he could honestly look at them and say, I am very concerned. I don't know you. I don't trust you. I don't have any reason to think that you're going to give me the gas out of the goodness of, my, of your heart or what you're going to charge me for it isn't going to be more than I can realistically pay. Yeah. If I control it, then I know that, you know, there's a lot of things he could be saying here that aren't just like cryptic bad guy speech. Right. So. And honestly, I, I can't, I don't know. I mean, aside from the fact that it's like, you know, evil villain is villain. Like you said, uh, I don't, I don't see what like he's there. We've not been given anything to make us say, Oh, Logan is so obviously the evil villain, you know? Right. Well, and he even implies I guess, look, look, okay, let's skip ahead to the end of the Morgan and Al thing because eventually Logan and company end up at the bank vault and they break in. Yeah. And, and the lady even asks Logan, how did you know this was here? And he says, this is bigger than all of us. Like another cryptic yeah. villain speech. Um, and so somehow he's got some inside information about where things are. Is there another organization involved here? What's going on? Doesn't we don't know, and <clears throat> you know. But again, she's you know clearly working for him. There's no question of you know right. threatening or anything like that. Um, I was really confused by you know he tears open the vault and he he calls her on the walkie and says we're in, and she goes I'm on it which apparently involves turning off the truck and coming inside. Yeah. So I'm not sure what that you need to sit there and say, I'm on it for that, but whatever. It was just one of the weird lines of dialogue that it was like, and okay. So, sure. So yeah, I mean, you know, again, cryptic villain is cryptic. So, right. 
So yeah, so at the end we know that happens. And yeah. you know, maybe maybe he's in league with the same people that uh Isabel works for. Maybe. It's, I mean I'm just grasping at straws. Right. I mean, considering that that the way she was describing the organization doesn't seem to quite gel with with how they're having Logan operate. I don't know. It just feels, it feels weird. It, it may very well be, but just, so far it doesn't feel like they connect right to me. No, probably not. But I, you know, you gotta, you know, our job is to speculate. Right. This is true. So anyway, uh, Alicia and Strand and Wes are tracking down that guy and they find him, but he looks like he's dead. Right. He's just sort of staggering down the road. And so Wes goes, oh, and Wes hasn't killed anyone before. I'm guessing Morgan told them about the questions, the three questions, because Alicia asked the first one, how many have you killed? How many people have you killed? And he says, he's basically says none, even though he doesn't say anything, but it's like obvious, like he's not killed anyone. Mm. And so he goes walking out towards this guy um, to get whatever he stole back from him. Right. And the guy turns around, he's still alive. And he attacks Wes and throws him to the ground and is strangling him. And Wes stabs him in the side and the guy falls off. And so Wes starts going through his stuff and pulls out this manuscript. And this was like, uh, uh. <laughs> he's like, hey, I'm dying. Did you write that? I just wanted to finish it. Did you write that? It's good stuff. And then he dies, and Wes is just like standing there, kind of gobs- gobsmacked. Like, oh no, I murdered a man for nothing. And he's like, see, the world does not change. And, you know, then he wanders off. Hopefully we'll never yeah. see him again. Ugh. Yeah, so this whole bit, I don't even know. I mean, you know, you and I write. Yeah. We've written some good stuff. We've written, you've written some good scripts. I've written some yeah. good scripts and some stuff we're really proud of. Sure. Um, yeah, we've written. We've done and done things. I would never stab anybody over a script of mine. I've, I've never had a script I felt that passionate about. Well, I mean, but then Alicia justifies it with, oh, he must have written this for his brother. No, that's yeah. not a justification. I know, I know, but you know, that's how she puts it. But then she starts looking at it and starts seeing the things that are written on the trees. Yeah. And realizes that either Wes or his brother, probably Wes's brother before he died, was the one writing the things on the trees. And that just, you know, she's all of a sudden overcome with a sense of peace and her journey, her vision quest is now done. And and at the end of the episode, she's gotten paints and now she's riding on trees. Right, because Wes's bike is still in the back of their truck and his paint collection is still inside the bike. And he wandered away. Right, he just wanders off into the world. Um, of course, he will later wander past a tree that says, you're still here and have an emotional moment there, which I did not understand in any way, shape, or form. Um, But, and, um, you know, 
as much as as much as there was all that speculation about the trees being done by Madison, by us, I don't think anybody else was. Uh, oh no! It turns okay. out there were a lot of people who were. Um, the more I think about it, the more it doesn't make a lot of sense for Madison to be quite that poetic. No, like I, th- I think I said last week, if Madison was doing it, it would be Nick and Alicia. Right. I am going this direction. Find me at this place. Right. You but know? I mean, it was, it was kind of a sweet idea that, you know, Alicia would be led to her mom and, and you know, we'd get that. That would that's, that's kind of a sweet idea. But at the same time, I'm having a really hard time reconciling the person who painted these trees, if it was Wes, with this person whose solution to someone stealing your manuscript is to shoot at them. Well, no, it was his brother. It was his brother's motorcycle. No, no, I'm talking about I'm talking about the guy at the who stole the manuscript. Oh, you know this guy. You know his solution is not. Oh no, he stole some paper with my words on it, which I can write down again because I have a pencil. And <laughs> you know, I just, just I'm going to kill this person for taking papers. Uh-huh. I mean, yes, it, it is. It is an utter. I I will admit having had to re- rewrite a script from scratch when I, when the file crap, when you know, the computer ate the file or the hard drive failed or whatever, yeah. it's, it's not fun. No. And you feels like you are already, you are always missing something than that, that earlier version when you have to recreate something. Mm-hmm. But I've never considered the possibility of, you know, committing act of homicide. Um, so I'm but just, here's the thing, like, like professional writers, like, guys who get paid for this, this is something they think about a lot. There's a lot like a lot swimming with sharks is about this idea. The, uh, what's the one, uh, murder of crows with, uh, with, um, Cuba Gooding Jr. In it is about this. Um, the new episode, the new season of Mr. Mercedes, uh, which is called finders keepers is written is based on a Stephen King book, which is about this. Mm Mm-hmm about the idea of killing for um, the, the uh, what's the one Dennis Quaid and Med Ryan were in it. And he's a, he was poisoned. DOA. DOA is about this. Sure. But those are all in worlds where there's a publishing industry. <laughs> I mean, this, there isn't one now there, are, you know, surprisingly, if Wes had found a printing press and was doing, you know, editions of the book, that might be one thing. But, you know, well, I'm just saying like, this is, this is like a writerly thing. Like my words are so perfect and wonderful that. Which he then promptly sits there and, and, and throws out the window by going, you know, you know, he died for it. He can keep it. Okay. He did. Uh, Yeah. yeah. But it's like, I'm just like, I, Wes, Wes at least seemed like an interesting foil initially to, to you know the the this sort of ridiculous quest that Alicia is on, right? I mean, it it sounds good on paper, maybe, but in practice, you know, going on this quest to find this person who writes these messages while not being willing to defend yourself in any way, shape, or form isn't very bright. No, and so he kind of looks at her at several points and goes, you know, why? Why right. would? But of course, he knows that his brother wrote the messages and that his brother is dead. Well, and and I'm not even sure that really he's saying his brother wrote it because he implies that his brother died fairly early on, and these 
paint these trees have been around for you know there's new they keep coming across these trees you know uh-huh. um the but again you know what's our what's our radius of activity here yeah exactly you know i mean it's just it's all i don't know i mean <sighs> life is hard tim I guess. It's hard I, to write about the size of Texas if you don't live in Texas. <laughs> but they've been to Texas, Dustin. They filmed down the street from you. They Surely they sat there and asked a Texas person, hey, yeah. how big is Texas? And they said, it's fairly large. Why do you want to know? Oh, no reason. <laughs> <laughs> you sure it's well, not the size of a postage stamp? Yes, I'm pretty sure it's bigger than that. Oh, never mind. Well, the the episode ends with another another piece of foreshadowing that's going to drive me literally insane. Mm-hmm. Because Alicia's first tree, because she decides she's going to start painting the trees. Oh, and she can kill zombies now again because you know she's she's better now. Of course, um, right. Mm-hmm. Her first tree says what her mother always used to say, no one is gone until they're gone, which, which, which figured very prominently in Madison's last few episodes. Right, right. And um, is, is just, just the most foreshadowy foreshadowing and foreshadowing land that Madison is going to come back. If there was, it's just so crazy because it's just one of those things. Like if this were a show that wrote with any kind of real structure, Madison would be showing up by the end of this. And she, she's got to show up or some, some reference to her still being alive and out there has got to show show up by the end of the season. That would she make sense. Too. It, it would make sense and it would be awesome and everyone would lose their damn minds. <laughs> yes. Yes, they would. But I can't, I can't trust that it's going to happen. No, no. Because how dare I think that they're going to follow any kind of plot or story structure. How very dare I, Tim? Um, I think that it's it's a it's a really sweet thing that you dare. I think you are going to be left in a terrible state of disappointment. <laughs> or I'm gonna it's gonna happen, and I'm just gonna have an aneurysm and die. Well, that would be bad. So let's not let's not have that part happen. But it would be very cool if Madison were to come back because you know. I think that part of me really wants to see Madison on a quest to help people because I want to see what that looks like. Well, and like I... I am going to help you, damn it. <laughs> right. You're going to be helped. Whether... Well, there's so much meaty plot in there mm-hmm. just waiting for Madison to show up and be meaty with it. You know, mm. uh, Morgan and her... Um, the fact that, you know, what's her name? Allie or no? The little girl? Little orphan, uh, little orphan, little awful. Little no. Awful no, the other one. Oh. The other terrible one. The right. one that's been with them the longest. 
killed right. her son and then got forgiven for it. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, that's not exactly in Alicia's wheelhouse. And, you know, especially since she was the one dragging Nick, kicking and screaming through survival. <laughs> yeah. You are going to live. Do I have to, Mom? Yes, you have to live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it would be, there, yeah, there's some really fun, interesting stories to tell. Her, her playing off Daniel with Daniel's change in viewpoint. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be really interesting, you know, her rolling her eyes every time, you know, seeing how John, John and June are just so, you know, in love, in love and, and and Madison going, Oh God. <laughs> yeah. I loved somebody once he got shot and fell out of the helicopter. <laughs> and then, they, they, then they'd look at her and go, but didn't he have a terrible son? And she'd go, yeah, that's true. <laughs> he did have a terrible son. Chris. Dad, Dad, I'm a little psychopath, Dad. I don't know why people thought that they thought I would be cool to have me around, Dad. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It's just this, this, this episode. I mean, things happened, right? The story, the story did go in directions, and yeah, I just. Okay, definitely for me, one of the weakest episodes of the season. Definitely. And I don't think... It doesn't do anything to actually make anybody more interesting. No. Yeah. I don't know. I just, but, you know, I mean, maybe... Maybe... Maybe? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> What's going to happen next? I don't know. Maybe. We're going to keep watching the show. That's what we do. We're going to watch the two spinoffs. And then we're going to watch the you know original recipe show until we're both old gray men. Old gray dead men who... I was going to say, I am already old and gray, and you are just... You still are, are you know, there's still a lot of brown in your hair, sir. Yeah. I have some gray in the beard right here. Oh. And my mom, whenever every time she walks up to me, she pulls at it and goes, oh. And I'm like, oh, come on. It's just, a, you know, I'm 40 years old. <laughs> 41 in 16 days. Calm down. <laughs> oh, well. Yes, I, I suspect that you and I will still be going, what are they doing? Why are they doing this? What is wrong with it? Do they have writers? Is it a dartboard? Do they have a bunch of <laughs> notes at a dartboard and they put them in order? I'll be doing this when Judith is a 20-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't know. At least Judith is an interesting character. If we can get the Judith and Negan show. Judith and Negan, Negan Judith, doing the thing. I'm very excited to find out how they're going to write Michonne out. Yeah. I hope I hope they don't write her out on a oh well Michonne's dead level because I think that would be a waste of you oh, know definitely potentially bringing her back to the show I mean even if even if you get a you know the the whenever they decide to end the show bringing her back for a you know a moment a future another future episode kind of like the comic book ended you know yeah. where it jumps into the future. Um, 
I never got to see the ending of the comic book because they did it so crazily that like I never got the comic shop that I go to here. They all sold out within a day and they never got any more. in. Uh So I'm just like, ah, well, Um, everybody dies. Dustin, everybody dies. They're all, they're all eaten by walkers. Of course they are. (laughs) That's not an actual spoiler for the final issue of the, I didn't, didn't think it was. But that's, well, for the folks who might be listening. <laughs> you, I could leave hanging, you know. Yeah. In a sense I'll of- figure it out eventually. I'll, I mean, I'll Wikipedia it if I need to. I know. <laughs> but I haven't watched that, read that comic in so many years. Like, I was, I was very excited. That was what started me on the hardback books. Like, mm-hmm. I had up to, like, book 10 in the hardbacks. And I was just, like, loving it. And then all of a sudden, one day, it was just like... No. (laughs) That's how it works sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, I think we will end our, I don't know, our our criticism of this episode, our confusion of this episode, our, what are you doing, show? How do you solve a problem like Fear the Walking Dead? (laughs) See, now I want the Fear the Walking Dead musical episode. (laughs) Which would be kind of terrifying. Although I do want, you know, zombies to have solos. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Anyway, (laughs) enough of that. Anyway, thank you folks for listening. As always, we appreciate it. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on uh, Twitter. We occasionally use social media in a responsible adult fashion or at all. Uh, You can find us on iTunes and podcast.com. Um, and we would appreciate you guys leaving us a comment, leaving us any questions. We'd love to hear from you guys. If you have any questions or comments you'd like to share with us, we'd love to hear them. Please be nice. It is the internet, which is a terrible, horrible place full of uh, people who are not as nice as they should be. Don't be those people. Um, and we'll be back next week with more of this, of course. Dustin, as always, thank you. Thank you, Tim. And again, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week with more Zompocalypse Now. How do you solve a problem like Fear the Walking Dead <laughs> with walkers who gonna eat you on the face? <laughs>